If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome in. It is the Pro Football Blitz right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon live at the Circa Resort in downtown Las Vegas. And my partner, James Salinas, is here via Denver, Colorado, as we kick off the next three hours diving into week 18 in the National Football League. And, oh, boy, Mr. Salinas, what a Sunday. Happy NFL Sunday to you, my friend. Uh, But we're not done yet. We've got one more game kicking off here in about 15 minutes right down the street at Allegiant Stadium in fabulous Las Vegas. The Las Vegas Raiders hosting the Los Angeles Chargers with playoff lives in the balance. It is a winner go home, or excuse me, winner is in and loser go home situation. I made this number three in favor of the Chargers. That's pretty much where it's been all week. It opened up at two and a half, kicked up to three about midweek. My deeper numbers come to Chargers minus five and a half, and then Chargers also minus three. And right now, that's where we are. Chargers lay in three points. Some stores have a little bit of juice attached to that three. 48 and a half for your total. What are you doing for Sunday night football, James? I have not done a thing with this game yet, Brady. I, I'm making a case for both teams in this matchup, but I think this is, you know, we know it's the last game of Week 18, the regular season finale, but in a sense, unless these two teams end up in a tie, this is a winner-go-home scenario, and it, in, a, in, in a sense, this is a playoff game. This is the first playoff game. We get a week early. We're ahead of it here, and I think that's the difference is what do these teams play under this type of pressure? Justin Herbert, I think looking at this Raiders defense, the style of defense that they play, a lot of zone coverage. Herbert is tremendous against zone coverage. One of the best in the league when it comes to his QBR against zone zone coverages defensively. Third in the league as far as QBR is concerned, especially against his cover three that we'll probably see a lot out of the Raiders secondary. And then he's number one in the league against zone defense with touchdown passes with 19. But We haven't seen him in this situation. This is, in a sense, again, a playoff game, and it's on the road. You know it's going to be rowdy and raucous there at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. It's going to be a great atmosphere. That's really what I want to see. How does he, Justin Herbert in particular, hold up under the pressure? Because the gravity of the situation, you know you win, you're advancing, you're moving on to next week's wild card round. 
I want to see how he performs. So no bets as of yet on either side or total. I do see this total ticking up. It's sitting at 49.5. I was looking at the first half total as well, sitting at 24.5 right now, Brady, and kind of thinking, all right, we know what we're probably going to expect from the Chargers side. They're going to throw the football, and it's going to be in the hands of Justin Herbert. What about the Raiders side? I don't think this is a game where the Raiders really want to try to match scores and get into a shootout. Is this going to be a game where they're going to be more trying to run the clock down, pound the football, Josh Jacobs and crew rushing the football at this suspect rush defense from the Chargers? Wonder if maybe there's a little nerves early in this game for both teams, obviously. Sitting at 24 and a half, wonder if we see a little bit of a conservative game plan early on to let everybody get settled, in particular for these quarterbacks. Maybe that's the route I'm looking at under 24 and a half in the first half. You know, I, I could see maybe a conservative approach to begin. Maybe these teams are a little bit tight, uh, especially possibly in that first quarter. But if I was looking at the entire game, James, I might lean to the over. And I know it's ticking up a little bit. You may have lost the best number at this point. But I would think, and uh, Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds were just talking about this in the program prior to ours, and, you know, you're not going to have a guy wanting to settle for field goals and whatnot in this game. Like you said, this is a playoff game, basically. This is to get into the dance. So I think there's going to be an aggressive approach, you know, once they get rid of those early game cobwebs, possibly, if they are a little stagnant, say, in the first quarter and kind of getting a feel for each other, kind of like a boxing match where they're getting a feel for each other. But later on, uh, you might blow the doors off the offense on both of these teams, and uh, you might have some scoring, is my opinion, because I think they they will try to be aggressive, really trying to win this game, maybe differently than they would under normal circumstances because the finality of a loss here is you're done. Think about it for we're, we're breaking down the players and the teams and how are they going to perform under the pressure, under the lights here, Sunday night football to advance into the wild card round. Well, not only the players too, what about the coaches? Brandon Staley, his first gig as a head coach, having to make decisions, right? Not just being that coordinator like he's been in the past defensively, but now you have to make a lot of in-game decisions when it comes to game management. Do they do what what kind of pressure are the coaches under? And then think about the other side for the Raiders, a collection of coaches, right? Because of all the things that happened during the season with John Gruden and his exit from the sideline for the Las Vegas Raiders. I think that's something else we can kind of break down and talk about is what do we expect to see? You're thinking about this, the Chargers and how they've been all season long. They're not kicking field goals. They're going for it on fourth down. Although because of the gravity of the situation, does that mindset change potentially for St- for for Brandon Staley when he has to make some of those calls if it's fourth and somewhat short or fourth and four somewhere around there where it's potentially in field goal range? Do you go for it? What do we see? I guess that's the other part, too, is we don't know. We have not seen Brandon Staley as a head coach in this situation, nor have we seen the Raiders head coach in this situation either. Well, you know what? The Chargers, this might contribute to the game going over the total as well. The Chargers are the worst defense in the league in surrendering fourth quarter points at over 10 points per game given up in the fourth quarter. So maybe this will be a dicey one until the very end in terms of the spread, who wins the game, as well as the total, James. We talked about a a little bit on our preview show, the edition of the Football Blitz on Saturday, about uh, the Raiders and where they've gotten over the last three weeks, three wins in a row to get into this position where they've got a win or go home game with the Chargers, but who have they beaten? Now, they had a great win on the road against the Indianapolis Colts when they were a pretty good size underdog against Carson Wentz and company. But the other two wins that they had were against the Denver Broncos, and that was
was against Drew Locke and his first uh, start in replacement of Teddy Bridgewater. And you know very well there being in Denver, the lack of support that Drew Locke has from that coaching staff in Denver. Vic Bangio now no longer there, fired earlier today as head man of the Denver Broncos. So that was kind of a lame duck situation, if you will, when they beat the Broncos and Drew Locke. And then also they barely beat the Cleveland Browns and Nick Mullins, the third string quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. So while it looks good on paper, three wins, I don't know how all impressive it has been for the Raiders the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, you play who you have in front of you, but I think the thing for the Raiders is it's felt like playoff games for them, knowing that they basically, in a sense, had to win out to put themselves in this position. So however you win, win ugly, what have you, they've moved on. I think that builds some toughness about your team. And I think there's one thing about this Raiders team all the things that we've, all the things that have gone on off the field, via the coaching staff with Gruden or the some of the player, really some of the bad judgment by the players off the field, just some big issues that this team has really had to work through. That and the mental toughness of this team to be able to stay together, be able to continue to to compete, be able to continue to fight, and then find ways to win the football game. It's one thing to stay close and and you know things are are you're facing a lot of adversity off the field. But to go out there and win the way that they have the last three weeks, I know it hasn't been pretty. They've been tight games, but sometimes winning in those tight games to that capacity of what they've done really just strengthens the the core of your team and the mental side of that team to where if they fall behind, I don't know if this is going to be a team that gets rattled. The other side here with the Chargers, that's what I want to see. What happens if they fall behind here? I feel like for these guys going on the road and being the favorite, Kind of leaning towards the Raiders with that number plus the three. I'm not going to play. I'm probably look more so in game. But I just feel like, again, getting back to that total and just feeling like, all right, settling down the nerves, sitting at 24 and a half in that first half. I'm loading it up. I haven't clicked send quite yet, Brady, but I'm about there. I'm almost there looking at playing this under in the first half. Let's take a look at the NFC playoff picture, the 49ers with an amazing football game. And you called it on our preview show, the Pro Football Blitz on Saturday, James, that you thought this was going to be the game of the day. And I think it was. The Rams and the 49ers go to overtime and San Francisco gets a victory to get into the postseason dance. 27-24, your final. They will take on the Dallas Cowboys next weekend in Dallas. And the Philadelphia Eagles will visit the Tampa Bay Bucs. Buccaneers. What do you think of those two matchups initially? <laughs> I mean, I'm so ready to. I mean, the playoffs start tonight. This is going to be a great game between the Raiders and Chargers, but these are going to be some exciting matchups next week and a contrast of styles. Thinking about the Dallas Cowboys and that front, defensive front, very athletic, very fast, finally healthy again. We'll see what Micah Parsons' standing is going in the next week. Hopefully he's okay. Set, set out on Saturday's game against the Eagles due to COVID restriction, but. Thinking about that team and that matchup, the way that the San Francisco 49ers, we know what that identity is, running the football, power football. Let's line up, and we're just going to be more physical than your front right there in the trenches for the course of 60 minutes. And and in this case here for the 49ers, through almost (laughs) an additional 10 minutes, almost 70 minutes here for the 49ers, we saw that definitely in the second half. I think that's probably the one that's most intriguing to me is the Niners playing against the Cowboys going on that road tilt. Thinking about the Philadelphia Eagles, I think probably playing with house money. I don't think there was much expectation for the Philadelphia Eagles to make the playoffs. Now that they're in there, 
Now you're going to go play the defending Super Bowl champs. We'll see where those lines turn out once they get set up. But but ultimately, I think that's going to be a tough matchup for Philadelphia to have to go down. I know Tampa Bay's beat up on both sides of the football, but this is the championship team. It's hard to knock off those champs, and this is going to be the first time in the dance for this young Philadelphia Eagles team, in particular with Jalen Hurts, young quarterback in that situation. Yeah, that's going to be a tough road going down to Tampa. And round three between the Los Angeles Rams and the Arizona Cardinals, a rubber match, if you will. That one will be interesting. They will play in SoFi Stadium in the regular season. That's where Arizona won. And maybe the Cardinals would rather be on the road, James. They can't seem to win at home. Yeah, and I think they'll have some confidence. They've won in Los Angeles earlier in the season. Here right now, I just look at the Los Angeles team. I talked about it before. I think it's a soft team. They're not a physical football team. They're very finesse on both sides of the field, on both sides of the ball. We saw that play out today. Couldn't sustain that lead and fell apart late in that game. Not a lot of confidence and no momentum rolling into the playoffs for the LA Rams. All right, we take one final look at Sunday night football. We bring in a guest to help us out as we continue right here on the Pro Football Blitz. We'll be right back. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN has a great new offer to help you make this your best betting year ever. Our all new Big Game Big Dance special provides VSIN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th. And it's only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting, uh, betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Go to vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. 
Brady Cannon and James Salinas back with you inside the Pro Football Blitz, and it's time to bring in Michael J. Duarte. He is a writer and reporter for NBC Los Angeles. He was lucky enough to be at SoFi Stadium for that barn burner between the Rams and the 49ers earlier today. But before they kick off at Allegiant Stadium right here in Las Vegas, we want to get his take on the Chargers and the Raiders. Michael, thank you so much for joining us here on the program. And what a way to finish up Week 18 in the NFL with a winner-go-home matchup between the Chargers and the Raiders. Long-time AFL rivals. This ought to be a dandy. It's a three-point spread in favor of the Chargers here, the Raiders a home underdog. What are your initial thoughts on how this might uh, play out tonight on Sunday Night Football? Guys, first off, thank you for having me on the show. I hope you enjoy all the game. But secondly, what a wild week 18 uh, in the NFL this week. The extra week, obviously, they extended the schedule and put an extra game on there. So to see things that I never thought I would see happen, like the Jacksonville Jaguars just beating the brakes off the Indianapolis Colts today, which put everything into kind of chaos, to be honest, as far as the playoff picture in the AFC. But what I was rooting for the whole time was the scenario we got heading into this Chargers-Raiders game on Sunday Night Football, the opportunity where a tie could send both of these teams into the AFC playoffs. And I know both head coaches leading up to this week said they don't want to talk about ties. They're going for the win. Uh, They would never disrespect the NFL or the Shield like that. But I want to see these players in the second half, if the game is close or if the game is tied, Knowing that a tie gets you there, how that plays into the head, how that plays into play calls, I really want to see that happen. So it's going to be interesting. Even I don't know how it's going to unfold in that situation where both teams know a tie gets them in. Um, The big point, though, for me here is the Chargers are coming in as a three-point favorite. Uh, Most of the money and the betting lines are coming on the Chargers' way coming into this game. Uh, The Chargers have more talent, I'll be honest with you. They look better on defense. They look much better on offense than the Raiders. They put up 21 points in the first half in their first meeting and cruised to that victory in that first game. But with that, so the Chargers should win this game. But with that said, the Chargers are that type of team like we just saw the Colts today, where you never know, which makes me completely unconfident that the Chargers go in and win today. So it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. Michael, let's talk about the coaching matchup for both teams here. We know the Raiders and everything that went on with John Gruden and and how they've had to pick up the pieces with their collective coaching staff and really helped keep this team together. And I think it's a really mentally tough team thinking about all the things that have happened to this franchise off the field. Talk about the Los Angeles Chargers right now and Brandon Staley. In a sense, this is a playoff game outside of a tie, right? But what do you expect to see? I think we've seen such a gambling nature from play calling, going forward on fourth down pretty consistently from Brandon Staley. But now the stakes are much higher. When you move on to the wild card round, lose and you go home, do you suspect we'll still see that kind of gambling attitude from Coach Brandon Staley? Or what do you expect to see when it gets tight and he's got to make some tough decisions when it comes to play calling? Yeah, that's a great question, and that goes into what I was saying you know, just before my last answer, knowing that it, you don't want to play to lose. You can play for the win or you can play for the tie. So I think because of that, maybe he's a little bit more aggressive. But if you're playing with the lead and you're in these fourth down situations, knowing that a tie can still get you there, maybe he's less aggressive and more conservative. I think I would be just by nature knowing what is necessary for me to get into the postseason here. So what I would say to that is maybe ex- expect both teams, to be honest with you, to be aggressive in the first half, knowing that whoever can get out front early in the first half could potentially put the game away, or at least, uh, at the very least, put the defense 
into a situation where if the other team is coming from behind, you've made that offense one-dimensional and you can kind of pin your ears back and play prevent a little bit. So that's going to be interesting to see uh, as far as the way the game folds out. I would say both coaches, uh, and tip of the cap, by the way, to Rich Botaccia for just the job he's done. You could make a coach of the year argument for him, the way he was able to pick up as the interim head coach in John Gruden's absence. But I think both teams will be aggressive. I think what you saw last time is the Chargers get out to that big lead in the first meeting. So the Raiders don't want to make sure that doesn't happen here. They're going to be one of the teams to go up big. So watch for a lot more aggressiveness in the first half, and I think more conservativeness in the second half, uh, knowing what it takes to get into the postseason. Like I said, knowing a tie could also get you there as well. He is Michael Duarte. He's a writer and reporter for NBC Los Angeles, and you can follow him on Twitter at Michael J. Duarte. Michael, uh, I'm with you on Rich Bisaccia and giving him accolades for the job he's done, and I think Las Vegas should be proud of this team. They have been through so much, and we hear you know, every team say we have to deal with adversity, but I think what the Raiders have dealt with this season is really unparalleled uh, as far as off-the-field issues with coaches and players, and for them to be able to hold it together I give Derek Carr a ton of credit as well. I think his leadership of this team ha- has been unmatched. But can they? has the luck run out? I mean, can they do it again? The last few games, it was very impressive with the win over the Indianapolis Colts, but it wasn't great competition with Nick Mullins and the Cleveland Browns. It wasn't great with the Denver Broncos and Drew Locke. Can they mentally keep this together for another week and pull out a victory here tonight? Oh, absolutely they can. They're going to have a packed house there in Allegiant Stadium. Uh, the bright lights of Sunday night football, a night game, nationally televised. They're going to be up and ready for this game, let me tell you this. I, I believe both teams are going to be. But what you said before that comment is essentially that the Raiders, especially with all the turmoil and controversy that has gone on this season, they have been able to, to hold it together, which I think is very impressive. But they've been inconsistent this entire season. And so have the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, that, that, that loss to the Texans a few weeks ago is arguably the worst loss by any team of the season. And I know they had a bunch of guys out with COVID, but absolutely both of these teams have been inconsistent. Uh, like I said, with the fact that knowing a tie can get you in, I want to see how loose these guys are. Maybe that makes them more loose on the field when they might have been a little bit more nervous uh, and tighter had the game gone on differently. But for the Raiders to win this game, to answer your question, you need to establish the run. You need to get Josh Jacobs going. Uh, he only had 40 yards rushing in that first game. That is nowhere near his average. Uh, that is nowhere near what the Raiders need to do to have that recipe for success. Obviously, you see, you know, Darren Waller out there, Hunter Renfro's played well for this team. So, but I think for me, you got to get Josh Jacobs going. The Chargers have had an inconsistent run defense throughout this season. Uh, looked really, really poor early in the season. Seemingly got it together. Uh, midway through the season. Now they've had some games where they can put it together, like last week against the Broncos. Then they have games where they kind of just give it up, like you saw with Rex Burkhead in that Texans game a few weeks ago. So it's really going to depend on if the Chargers defense can stop Josh Jacobs in the run. But the Raiders need to get him going, and if he gets going, that's a good sign for the Raiders to pull this out. Michael, we've got just a couple of minutes left. I know you were at SoFi Stadium for that game with the Rams and the 49ers. That was a a little bit of a winner or go home as well, especially for San Francisco. But the Rams, they lose. They do clinch the NFC West title, and they will face the Cardinals again in the playoffs. San Francisco will get into the dance and take on the Dallas Cowboys. But what a contest. For the first time in his last 43 efforts where Sean McVay led at half, he actually lost the game in the end. Absolutely. He was undefeated with that stat, but something had to give because he had also not beaten the Niners. Now, 
that stat crumbles, but the stat where the Niners own Sean McVay <laughs> in this case, uh, they are now six and they've won their last six games against Sean McVay and the Rams, the San Francisco 49ers have. And this was a game where you absolutely, in my opinion, can point to Sean McVay and a lot of mistakes that he made. I'm going to look at first and foremost, there was a third and one uh, play call that they called at the end of the first half. It's just over a minute left. I would have run the ball there, picked up the first down, you know, run up the clock. You go up 17, nothing in the halftime at worst, if you don't score those. Instead, he passes the ball deep, incomplete. That was a questionable play call. You give the Niners the ball back. They come down. They get a field goal. They got points on the board. They got a little bit of momentum in the half. They're getting the ball back in the second half. They come out in the second half, score a touchdown, and now it's a one-score game. Now as you're milking the clock out, the third and six, I believe, I'm thinking pass the ball here, look for Cooper Cup. He's only 18 yards shy of the all-time receiving yards record. Instead, they run the ball again. Let the Chargers, or sorry, excuse me, let the Niners burn their timeouts and then punt them back the ball. They go down the field with no timeouts and tie the game. So I'm really looking at Sean McVay here on some of these questionable play calls where you really could have put the 49ers away and you didn't. One time being too aggressive, one time not being aggressive enough, and it cost you. I think he needs to do a better job, especially against the Cardinals at home uh, next week if they want to advance any further in the playoffs. But what a, last thing I'll say is what a weird thing at SoFi Stadium, right? The Rams lose the game in overtime. Niners fans are celebrating. They're celebrating on the field. The Rams are hanging their head low. But then it shows the Cardinal Seahawks score on the scoreboard here. And it says champions of the NFC West, confetti falling. They're playing. I love LA like they just won, <laughs> but they lost. So it was a very weird feeling to be here live. Uh, a little bittersweet, I guess, for the 49ers, but uh, for the Rams, excuse me. But once the dust settles, you're going to be happy hosting that playoff. Well, Michael, the Raiders have taken your advice with a couple of nice running plays to start the game here with the Chargers. Thank you very much again for joining us. Safe travels on the way home from SoFi, and enjoy the game tonight. We'll be right back on the other side with more of the Pro Football Blitz. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz. The Raiders and Chargers are underway, and the Raiders go on offense first, and Derek Carr gets a big pass play over the middle to his tight end, Foster Moreau. He scampers all the way down the left-hand sidelines before a Chargers player bats the ball out of his hands, and it's a fumble that goes out of bounds at about the five-yard line. Raiders now facing third and goal from about the five- or six-yard line of the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Raiders were down to just one-and-a-half-point underdogs in the live market. Of course, they closed as three-point underdogs, and Carr throws incomplete there on third and goal. We'll see here if they bring in. And this is, James, this is to answer your question. Are they going to be aggressive, or are they going to set or, uh, settle for field goals? And it looks like they're bringing Daniel Carlson in to kick one. Yeah, early in the game, you want to get on the scoreboard. And honestly, that was... Carr was lucky that wasn't intercepted. He's throwing back across his body. You never want to throw late over the middle. Uh, he got away with that one. But, yeah, you're you're outside the five. It's early in the game. You want to it keep some momentum. The crowd's into the game. You made a big play down the field, although little things, Brady, you talked about there was Moreau running down the left-hand hand sideline. He's got the football on the right hand. That football should always be in that sideline hand. That's exactly what happened. They were really fortunate were the Raiders because that ball was punched out. It rolled out just outside the end zone. If that would have rolled through the end zone 
and out. That would have been a touchback for the Chargers. So just little things. I know it's a big game, and guys are, are playing with a lot of adrenaline, but sometimes these little fundamental pieces go a long way, and I continue to see guys running with the football in the wrong hand. Fortunately for the Raiders, it didn't cost them any points, and they're able to knock the field goal through, and they're up 3-0. Yep, 3 to nothing. Raiders still about 11 minutes left in the first quarter, and they remain a one-and-a-half-point underdog in the live market. Your total is still where it closed as well at 49-and-a-half. All right, it is time to play America's favorite game show in this Week 18 edition of the Pro Football Blitz. Consider it, book it, or drop it. Okay, James, you know the routine. I'm going to read a stat sheet for a team, a player, a coach, what have you. You're going to try and guess who that is, and then I will reveal who the mystery team is, and it'll be teams in this case, and we will decide if we want to consider making a bet on it, booking a bet on it, or dropping a bet on it, and we're going to look at teams to win the conference. And we go with team number one here. They suffered a tough loss this week on the road. They fall to 10-7 and uh, to end the regular season. They remain the five seed in their conference. Their offense finished in the top 10 as they scored over 27 points per game. Their defense was really good first in allowing just about 17 points per game. This team's odds to win their conference earlier this afternoon, a pretty short price at plus 750. The Patriots? That is the New England Patriots who lost to the pesky Miami Dolphins earlier today. But again, they're still in the dance. And the Buffalo Bills win over the New York Jets. So they are your AFC East division champion. Uh, I have a ticket from uh, prior to the season starting on the Patriots at 22-1 to to win the conference. Um, You know, I really like that number. Plus 750 seems maybe a little bit short to me right now. It's it's too short. I mean, you think about the the Patriots now. They're going to have to go on the road. They're going to have to win three successive games on the road to make it to the Super Bowl, and that's with the rookie quarterback. And we saw some more struggles today out of Mac Jones, some bad decisions, put the ball on the ground a couple of times. And and so I, I, I think here for the Patriots, it's been a good story. And, and seeing Mac Jones, the way that he's played, not a lot of fanfare coming into where he was and really falling into the drafts draft spot for the New England Patriots. Pretty fortunate for New England in that sense. I think Mac Jones is going to have a, a good career, but that's a tall order for the Patriots to have to go on the road three straight times with the rookie quarterback to be able to go win and make it to the Super Bowl. And I'm not buying it. I'm not booking it. I'll drop it. All right, let's go to team number two here. They clinched a first round bye earlier today. They will be at full strength. They expect to get their big offensive weapon back in the offensive backfield. Their offense finished middle of the pack, scoring just about 24 and a half points per game, but their defense was a top 10 unit, allowing under 21 points per game. This team's odds to win the conference this afternoon, shorter than the Patriots at plus 550. Number one seed, Tennessee Titans. You got it, Tennessee Titans. And, you know, that's kind of the question. I'm not in love with this team, but obviously they're much different if they get Derrick Henry back healthy. Back healthy? How long does it take him to get back to game speed? He's been out for quite a while, and you're talking about a foot injury that he had, not like a shoulder or an elbow or something like that. His upper body, he needs his legs, and we know how powerful he is. How long does it take him, depending on how healthy he is, for one, how long does it take him to get back to game speed? And then you're going to step in and play at 
playoff speed, that's going to be really difficult. So I don't know how long. I'm not really sure how effective he's going to be. That remains to be seen. I think that's the biggest question mark for me. Obviously, Derrick Henry is a game changer when he's out there on the field, and every opponent has to game plan accordingly for Derrick Henry rushing the football the way that he does. But I think for the Titans, the one thing that you can say for the Titans here, having that home field advantage that only have to play two games, and if you're going to either play Kansas City or you might play Buffalo, you might play both. We'll see how all that plays out. They've beat both of those teams earlier in the season at home, so if there's one thing to be had, they've had the confidence knowing that they beat both of those teams. Right now, it's not as if the Buffalo Bills or Kansas City Chiefs are playing lights-out football at this point. I think the number's too short for me with not knowing where Derrick Henry was. Let's say Derrick Henry was healthy. This wasn't an issue. We wouldn't probably see that number sitting at 550, but I just can't get involved with it. Maybe you consider I don't. I think it's too short just not knowing the status of Derrick Henry. Yes, he started to, he's done some things on the, off the field on the sidelines, but it's going to be a tall order to get back into playoff speed. I don't think I want to book it. Yeah, I don't want to book it either. And you can make the argument with Derrick Henry. You talk about maybe having some rust. Well, he's also going to have fresh legs. So, you know, which is going to play out? Will he be probably a little bit of both? Uh, Maybe the second game, if they're able to advance in that first game, maybe he finds his legs a little bit in that second game, Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. All right, team number three here. They have finished the season at 12-5. and They locked up home field advantage for the wild card game. This team looking to make a big run run in this year's postseason, their first since 1995. Their teams ended the regular season with the hottest offense, scoring over 30 points per game. Their defense is a top 10 unit, allowing under 21 points per game. Their odds to win the conference at 1230 this afternoon were plus 550. Who is this club? Oh, gosh, is it Dallas? Yes, the Dallas Cowboys, their first playoff appearance in a long time. Yeah, right. And and thinking about the Cowboys, I mean, yeah, they got to beat up on Philadelphia's second and third stringers. A lot of them didn't play a whole lot of starters in that matchup, but they needed to get some momentum going into the playoffs. But man, if there, if there's a team you probably didn't want to have to face just based on the the style of play with the San Francisco 49ers, I know Garoppolo's not going to scare anybody when it comes to him going on the road and being able to make plays, although he did that against the Rams. Here with the Dallas Cowboys, I think that's probably, of, of all the matchups, that's probably the one that I would least want to see if I'm a Cowboys fan is to see the physicality that we know we're going to see from San Francisco to rush the football. I think it's going to be a great game. That's going to be a tough matchup. Do I want to get involved here? Dallas maybe wins that game, but then where do they go from there? You're going to have to go on the road. The road goes through Green Bay for one in, in Lambeau. Is this a team in the Dallas Cowboys, the way that they play office, is that a team that's built to go out in the cold? I say no, this is not a team I want to book to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, it it seems like uh, the Titans, the Patriots, the Cowboys, the teams we've talked about so far, I might like the Cowboy bet the best because I think maybe they are the most complete where they can run the ball, they can throw the ball, they play defense. But I hear you, they're a dome team. How are they going to be able to handle the weather in Lambeau Field? We will see. Uh, all right, team number four here. It was a tough loss this week. They finish at 12-5. and five. They do, however, clinch their division. This team's offense finished in the top 10 in scoring, scoring over 25, or excuse me, over 27 points per game. Their defense was middle of the pack, allowing over 21.5 points per game. Their odds to win this afternoon, the NFC Conference, were at plus 450. Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, and I know your feeling on this team. 
<laughs> yeah, I am not booking. I wouldn't even consider it. This team, they played exactly. I didn't I didn't expect them to get off to the lead that they did today at 17-0, but, man, this team is just doesn't have toughness about them. They don't have a physical toughness about them out there on the field on either side of the football. And then the mental toughness, we just saw this team completely melt down. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, after you get the interception, you still allow Garoppolo one last opportunity to go all the way down, what, 85-yard drive or so in, in about uh, 60 seconds to, to tie it, and then you couldn't get off the field. They win the football game. I don't want anything to do with the Rams. This is not a Super Bowl caliber club. Yeah, no, I'm with you, and I think it's uh, very odd that they are a shorter price than the Dallas Cowboys. I, I think the Dallas Cowboys are a contender. Like I said, we'll see how they can play in weather, but uh, I don't know why the Rams are a shorter price there. Uh, we have a new prop tracker up at vcin.com for you to keep up with all the key NFL props. Head to vcin.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best values. You can track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game. It's all available now at vcin.com slash NFL. The Raiders have the ball back on offense. They are deep in their own territory, about nine minutes left in the first quarter, and they remain one-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Los Angeles Chargers here with a three-to-nothing lead in the first quarter. We'll be back in just a moment with more right here on VSIN. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. You can catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcasts and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. And uh, hats off to the Long Shots crew. Check out that Long Shots podcast. Matt Humans, Wes Reynolds, and myself all on Cameron Smith for a winner today in Kapalua. They are all for free and available now at vsin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you inside the Pro Football Blitz and the Los Angeles Chargers commit the first turnover of the ball game. They forced the Raiders to punt and Andre Roberts, I believe, was back there deep to return the punt for L.A. He muffed or actually he caught it and ran with it uh, for a few yards and then had the ball stripped from him and the Raiders landed on it. They've now got uh, fourth down coming up as it doesn't look like they were going to be able to take advantage of this the way they would like to have. Uh, it is five minutes left to go in the first quarter they're still leading here three to nothing and it looks like they'll probably send out Daniel Carlson for a field goal attempt or rather James it looks like we may have our first go for it attempt here on fourth down they are going for it here on fourth down fourth and two at their own 15 and yeah it's not to try to draw them off sides it's it was actually there is a completion it's going to be right at the stick this is going to be really close it looks like a very favorable spot and i think the raiders will get a first down it'll be first and 10 just inside the 12 yard line yeah i think they're going to give him that first down where he caught the ball look to be inside the marker to gain it looks like they'll be at about the 12 yard line uh of the los angeles chargers again leading this game three to nothing currently and in your live market the raiders go to a two and a half point favorite here uh your total still right about the same at 48 and a half uh james let's take a look back at what we saw on the final day of the regular season week 18 in the nfl and the green bay packers they could not gain anything by winning uh at detroit today and they did want to stay fresh of course we had heard that throughout the week that aaron Rodgers and company wanted to get a few reps in and they did Devonte adams aaron Rodgers, they played for a while but uh, we also knew that detroit was going to come out and give a hundred percent they have done that all year the Detroit Lions actually went into the half with the lead 17-13, to 13, and then that was it for Rodgers and a lot of the star players for the Green Bay Packers. They spent the rest of the game on the sidelines, but those Lions, they kept going. They were trailing by three with two minutes to go in this ball game. They punched it in, and they end up getting win number three on the season, knocking off the Packers 37-30 to 30 year final. Detroit finishes 3-13-1. The Packers close the re, uh, regular season at 13-4, and four, and this game sails over the total. I think for Detroit, this is what we've seen for the majority of the season. They've had a couple couple stinkers out there as far as their performance is concerned, but the one thing we've seen almost consistently all season was this team battles, they compete, they fight, and there's a lot. It really took on the persona of their head coach. If you remember Dan Campbell as a player, that's exactly how he played, and, and I know he took a lot of, uh, some grief over his early season, you know, when he got the head coaching job, and they were going to bite kneecaps, and they were going to put a hat on everybody, but you know, that's what you want to see, and this team really adopted his, that, that persona, and something to take for with them going into next year some momentum about where the culture is and the competitive nature of this team yeah a lot to work to be done on that roster but we saw a few people step up and the that this the st brown kid that that little receiver there that 
they got drafted. He's been playing with a chip on his shoulder all season long, seeing all the other receivers that were passed, uh, that were drafted ahead of him. And man, sometimes you just play with an edge, and certain guys always playing with something to prove like to see that out of guys they don't get complacent they don't feel, and they're not looking to, to to feel like they feel sorry for themselves so yeah Detroit finishes up 3 13 and 1 but I think for momentum going in the next year they accomplished exactly what they wanted these last couple weeks especially this win today against the Packers now yeah Packers first half they played their starters at least with Aaron Rodgers in there 14 of 18 in the first half for two touchdowns he was sacked three times so they were able to get some pressure on Aaron Rodgers in this game and I don't, I'm not sure. Just the, the energy and the intensity level for the Packers, they weren't playing anywhere close to playoff-level football. That wasn't the expectation more. So they treated it like a a, a mid, mid-preseason mid game, maybe a game three, a game two, or a game three of the, of the preseason. I don't think that really has anything to do with what's going to happen with them going into the playoffs. They're going to have home field advantage. Everything goes through the frozen tundra at Lambeau Field. They'll be rest. They'll be they'll be rested. They'll be ready. Packers are going to be a tough out when they once they get to the playoffs to have to go into Lambeau. And I think Detroit Lions fans, uh, you know, have to take a little bit of positivity out of this campaign. You mentioned Dan Campbell came in there, you know, with some scrutiny the way he was uh, talking when he was introduced and whatnot. But uh, it it proved to be uh, a pretty good strategy, apparently, because this team played hard week in and week out. And they really exceeded expectations, James. I believe they were 11-6 and against the spread this year. And, uh, you know, pulling off a win over your division rival, the Green Bay Packers, in the final game. Um, you know, I think there's some things you can take away from this season and this team uh, that are positive about going into 2022 season. So uh, hats off to the fighting Detroit Lions for keeping it competitive all season long. Uh, more NFC North action between the Bears and the Vikings in Minnesota. And there wasn't much going on here besides uh, coaches on the hot seat for Matt Nagy and Mike Zimmer. The Vikings closed as three and a half point favorites with a total of 45 and early on, this was bad football. Chicago led 14-3 to at the half. And we talked about Kirk Cousins' struggles uh, on the Saturday edition of the Pro Football Blitz. Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins, 2-5 and five straight up and against the spread against Coach Matt Nagy. He had led his team to 20 or fewer points in six of those seven games. Also, 2-4 and four straight up and 1-5 and five against the spread in final games of the regular season. He had led his team to 10 points or fewer in four of those six season-ending games. But I tell you what, he broke out of his slump today, James. They put up 31 points, did the Vikings, and Cousins threw for three touchdowns, no interceptions. 31 to 17 your final Vikings outscored the Bears 28 to 3 in the second half and Minnesota finishes up the season 8 and 9 the Bears fall to 6 and 11 yeah, 28 to 3 in the second half for the Minnesota Vikings like you said after trailing 14 to 3 Wonder what uh, Coach Zim had to say in that locker room to wake up that team. That would have been an interesting, fiery speech, I'm sure. We know, we know, we know Zimmer is not one. He's not going to hold back. And whatever he said to him, that definitely woke up the Minnesota Vikings. They were playing very casually in that first in that first half against the Bears. Bad tackling. They looked like they didn't want to be there. But clearly, as far as the talent level goes, much better team on paper on the field. And then it played out in the second half. I think going. Not going to be sure what happens with Coach Zimmer. There was a lot of speculation. Could this be his last year as the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings? 
potentially, but I think what do you take away from this season? I think it's, you know, when, when Kirk Cousins doesn't have the pressure on him to, to perform at a high level with playoffs on the line, those types of things, then he has big games like that, like he did in the second half. I think we, did, again, saw the emergence. So uh, really the second-year player for Justin Jefferson, tremendous player and great route runner, speed, hands. I mean, he does it all. He's a terrific receiver. They've got themselves a fine there. And Obviously, when, when Thielen comes back healthy next year, he's a terrific receiver down the seams and in the middle of the field as well. And you've got Dalvin Cook. Like, they've got pieces there. There's talent on that football team. The biggest question mark is going to be at the coaching position. What is going to happen? I don't know. I'm not going to speculate what happens with Coach Zimmer, but plenty of talent on that Vikings team to go forward. But then you're going to be dealing with the quarterback position, too. Not really sure where they go forward from there with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I I think Mike Zimmer uh, is and has been for a long time a very good football coach. Uh, We've seen him have a lot of success there with the Minnesota Vikings, but I think maybe his time has just run out, and I think what you can look at this season and say maybe that's the case for Zimmer because, like you said, James, this team had a lot of talent. They should not have been 8-9. and They were actually my pick to win that division, and I don't know if that was a great pick or not. Obviously, Green Bay turned out really well this season. I thought maybe there would be a little bit of a hangover for the Packers with the offseason that they had dealing with Aaron Rodgers and whatnot. Not to be. They, they rolled really through the regular season so far, but Minnesota they, they certainly uh, underachieved, in my opinion, and that's usually what will do a coach in. Well, they couldn't finish games. So many, especially the, the first half of the season, maybe the first 10 to 12 games of the season for the Vikings, they had at least, at minimum, a seven-point lead in each and every one of those games and couldn't sustain it. And that, that it speaks to both the offense and the defense, because whether it was the defense giving up leads or the offense not being able to continue to put the the foot on the gas to finish out these games I think that's the question is this team did not execute for 60 minutes on both sides of the football and then that comes down to coaching and yeah I agree I think Zimmer's a a tremendous football coach as well but sometimes you just need to move on sometimes you just need a fresh start whether it's hearing a fresh voice or for Zimmer maybe it's a fresh start somewhere else I think maybe that's where we're at with the Minnesota Vikings that message can be lost sometimes when you're hearing that same voice for so long Final minute of the first quarter at Allegiant Stadium. The Raiders out to a 10 to nothing lead over the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers have the ball at about their own 35-yard line, trying to get some points on the board. We will be back to update you on the other side, and we'll also talk about the Circa and Westgate contest right here at VSIN. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.